five, four, three, two, one. Energize Podcast, it's back. Mixed Martial Arts Show, UFC 226. It was incredible. Barry, how are you getting on? I'm doing good. I've been uh, really looking forward to doing this show, as always. But uh, how good was UFC 226? Bar the cold main event, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as an overall whole, it was just a brilliant event. Um, There were some fantastic performances, which we will get to in time, but... DC, the double champ. Yeah. And then Brock Lesnar coming in as well. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought he changed the channel to WWE. Yeah, it was it was insane. And like, oh, we're going to get all into it. But Barry, tell us what is on today's show. Okay. So first of all, if you're new to the Energize podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning Energize listener, That's our creepy voice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to be discussing, is Daniel Cormier the greatest of all time? We're also going to be looking over everything from UC 226 and International Fight Week and looking at all the latest MMA news from the coming week. So the only place we can really start from International Fight Week is on Friday night where UC held the tough finale in Las Vegas. So that was the perfect way to start the weekend. So, Ross, what did you make of the tough finale? Um, to be honest, I didn't actually watch a hell of a lot of the Ultimate Fire between uh, DC and Stipe. But what I did watch was, I sort of looked out for the SPG lads on the show. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I was watching out for Richie Smullen and I was watching out for Bragatona. Uh, Army. Yeah. And then you, the fellow Richie Schmuller was fighting Penna. I was actually slightly invested in him because I saw him fight. Um, what's, I think his name's like Violent Bob Ross or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Louis yeah. Penna. I, I, like, I don't know what his name is. He's got, he's got a weird haircut because he's sort yeah. of ginger, but he's also sort of like half cast. So like, yeah. I, I don't know what, what you can call that. But uh, he was very impressive, Penna. Um, Schmuller wasn't actually that impressive, but I don't know. It's sort sort of is what it is isn't it uh, I think that's sort of the first fight that I had any actual interest in um, look Smuller got knocked down and choked out for, fairly sharpish wasn't it yeah but I, I almost I'm not too sure whether Smuller had a terrible performance or your man had an actually brilliant performance true yeah. I, or maybe it was a bit of both but that was the first fight that like, sparked my interest yeah supposedly after it was said that like Smuller might get another shot in the UFC, but um, he's definitely going to have to concentrate more on that stand-up. Yeah, definitely. He needs to work on a stand-up game. And also, I feel like he should probably fight somewhere in Europe. Yeah. He yes. looked a bit nervous. He looked a bit yeah. nervous. But uh, moving into something that was actually very good, Brad Katona's performance. Yeah, very, very good. Very dominant as well. Very one-sided. I think he got a 30-26 on uh, one of the cards as well. He completely outstruck him, outgrappled him. It was... One of the most dominant yeah. Ultimate Fighter finale performances I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever beaten the other person that badly in the uh, finale. Um, I, I, like, I, was, I didn't really know what to expect from Brad's performance going in. Because uh, obviously he was undersized. Well, they actually said that they were the same height, but he looked a lot smaller. But uh, totally dominated. Um, sh- shout out to his girlfriend Katie as well, yeah. that follows our page. And she's a fighter as well. And she loves whiskey. 
Angelo's whiskey and like fair play to Brad like he's, mm. he's like one of the most humble MMA fighters in the world yeah he really does I and mean, he's one of those people who you look at me and you wouldn't go oh he's a fighter you know what I mean but yeah. just looks looks alone like, like wears glasses and walks around he looks like almost like Mr. Nice Guy he's, he's almost like Clark Kent isn't he yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like Nice Guy by day badass by night yeah no, but that's a brilliant win what would you like to see from him next um, you know what I'd like to see UFC sort of slow start him like, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in uh, promotional newcomer and he fought someone who's never been to UFC again and just brought him up nice and slow because like he's young he doesn't need to be rushed to the top and he's sort of someone the UFC could really get behind good looking guy Canadian but fights out of Ireland you know what I mean like the, he takes off a good few of the markets you know what I mean Does ultimate yeah. fire uh, winner teammate Conor McGregor you know what I mean like he's ticking a lot of good boxes so UFC would do a good job if they put him on a a slow track but like keep him active I mean he, he didn't take much damage in the fight um, so I'd like to see him get in there relatively quick again and start earning those paychecks the sooner you can get out of the ultimate fighter contract as well the better yeah um, would you like to see him fight next in Canada um, yeah I actually wouldn't think that's a terrible idea uh, Thomas, why not but, yeah. uh, sure wherever he's comfortable I'd like to see him fight no, yeah no, he had a good story as well the way he said that um, he actually moved from Canada yeah. to Dublin with his girlfriend to for SPG yeah to learn to improve his fighting and then um, also he's talked about like the, it worked anyway all the like he's talked about how he had like, anxiety and he's, he's not he doesn't really care about the limelight and also um, what, did, what else did he say he said some oh yeah people were saying that he's put on a fake Irish accent no, I think if you just spend enough time around because the lads at SPG have a real, real thick Dublin accent yeah. as well a lot of them do anyway I mean like Keane Cowley Conor McGregor like, even Ireton's got like this like Irish Russian accent you yeah. know what I mean you just sort of develop it if you spend enough time in the place uh, you're going to pick up the accent he, he, now he I'm not talking London accent now but you know yourself yeah yeah <laughs> no, no, it, it, it doesn't really, he, he seems like the total opposite from your stereotypical SPG lad as well because yeah. most SPG lads walk around very very confident yeah and he's almost happy to be at the back. At yeah. The, which is uh, which is also cool, cool to see. But uh, in the main event, Brad Tavares lost to the Israel Adesanya, the Stallbender. Uh, mm. What's to make of this fight? Stallbender really stepping up to the plate. Um, yeah, in fairness, he looked great. Um, he hit Brad Tavares with some really heavy shots. There was a knee throughout the fight that caught him flush. Um, there was a few head kicks in there as well. Uh, he stuffed a lot of Tavares' takedowns. He looked really, really good. Um we actually have the UFC website here and it says uh, control for the fight 59 minutes even though it was only 25 minute fight. Yeah. <laughs> Veryufc.com. Yeah. Uh, very like, UFC. Um, look, he looks incredible. Um, I suppose it's, the question is who would you like to see him fight next, isn't it? Yeah. It always is. Uh, I think him versus David Branch would be a good fight. Branch dressing. Yeah, yeah. I, like, why not? I, I feel like he's got to be a top 15 now. He'd just be Brad Tavares who I think was 14th going in. I, I, or, in round there anyway who'd you pick before this fight I think I'd pick Brad Tavares yeah I think I thought Brad Tavares is going to be able to take him down get the job done I think after watching the last fight uh, Alessandra it's actually quite impressive to see how much he's, he's improved since yeah. the last fight so obviously the MMA train has gone very well from let's see him fight David Branch next cool I think like his worst opponent right now would probably be Jack Ray Sousa like that's the worst person oh, he could fight. as in like that's yeah, that's the worst matchup for him in the entire division I'd say no definitely yeah if he takes it to the ground yeah uh, also there was an announcement at the tough finale that the next season and final season 
is going to be Robert Whitaker taking on Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, you said beforehand that you thought Colby Cummington against uh, Woodley. Woodley would be good, but this is up there as good. Yeah, um, I think it's the first time ever the Ultimate Fire coaches are two Ultimate Fire winners, um, which is sort of a fitting way to close out the Ultimate Fire uh, finale series. Yep. Also, there's some news on that that apparently there's not going to be any women featherweight, and it's going to be all men's heavyweight. One, one of the women who probably for the show was told is not going to be any women in the open fighter house. I don't know. That's just what I saw on Twitter today. Now, it could be wrong, but I'd actually rather just see men's heavyweight yeah. house. I'll probably watch the season just knowing that like there's a bunch of 115 kilo lads on the house eyeing each other up, looking yeah. to knock the head off each other. You yeah. know what I mean? And everyone knows who listens to the show that we love heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, the big dogs. The big dogs. Yeah, so I'm actually really looking forward to that. And then obviously at the end, the ultimate fighter, um, Calvin Gaston is going to fight Robert Worker for the belt. The only thing is, in the ultimate firehouse, you get all your food and stuff delivered, so like, Calvin Gaston better not spend too much time on the off. Yeah. Did you hear this year they weren't allowed to go upstairs and stuff? No. What? Yeah. I suppose the house is up for sale as well. Weren't allowed to go upstairs. Yeah, because I think that's where like they had all the special lights fitted in and cameras and stuff. But um, that sounds a bit much. Yeah. Also in the lightweight division, Michael Trezano beat Joe Giannotti as well. But um, that's I, just, like I, I don't think, like I'm I'm not overly yeah. convinced. I, like I'm parents, I picked Ryan Trezano to win because he finishes two opponents in the first round earlier on the competition, and he does look decent, but. And t- it's hard to tell until they fight someone who's been in the UFC for five or six fights. Definitely, yeah. And Where fairness, Yeah, and in fairness, we were just keeping an eye on the SPG lads, really. Yeah. But um, the reason why everyone is here today, not only to listen to your beautiful voice, but to look over UFC 226. UFC 226, what an event. And I know it was heartbreaking to see Max Holloway pull out. Yeah. Uh, against Brian Ortega yeah. Yeah. and fair, you know what fair play to UFC like you know what I mean he wasn't right there was like something seriously wrong with him he wasn't talking properly yeah, and that's that's where we should yeah. start yeah and they pulled him out of the fight you know what I mean it was the right thing to do uh, and everyone knows Max Holloway is an absolute boss yeah. you know what I mean like he, he's not he, he, it's actually quite strange because he's never pulled out a fight until he pulled out of the first Ortega fight and then the first Ortega the- yeah, when he was, you remember he was scheduled to fight, fight Ortega and then Edgar filled it. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot that, yeah. So then he's pulled out again. So, like, in fairness, he's as hard as they come, Max Holloway. And he's, I was actually, I was actually devastated because it was the fight I was looking forward to seeing most. It was incredible, but at the end of the day, it was what it was. Um, what did you make Ortega turn down Jeremy Stevens? Um, I don't think it was really a bad idea. But um, after watching him in Embedded, he seemed like he was ready to go. That probably wasn't for an interim title. I think if I had no, it was, yeah. It definitely was, yeah. Because yeah. when Ortega turned down, they tried to make Jeremy Stevens versus Frank Yeager for the interim title. Put, put it on the guard, but Yeager said he didn't have enough time to make the weight. I think it's... Well, you see... Uh, Although that would have... Like, Yeager versus Jeremy Stevens would have totally just been an extra fight to throw on the card. Like, no one's clamouring to see that. True, yeah. Because um, they've already fought as well. Although maybe maybe he think he, he got wind that maybe Max Holloway might be okay in it like sooner rather than later. Yeah. So I, I, I think Ortega stepped up to fight Edgar. Sorry, it was actually Edgar versus Holloway when 
um, Holloway pulled out it wasn't Holloway Ortega yeah, 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 yeah sorry and then Ortega stepped in um, look I don't think he had to take the fight it's a totally different ball game fighting Jeremy Stevens than fighting Max Holloway yeah. as well totally different body shape different fight style uh, and there's no point in him trying to fight Frank Yeager again he just knocked him out like that doesn't make any sense for him so I think look UFC 228 you can do Ortega versus Stevens if Holloway's not out yeah. and I think you sort of thought that maybe Holloway won't be out for as long that long so I'll just stick with the Holloway fight because it's actually quite a big fight it is like yeah. it's getting a lot of noise for two guys that don't really talk a lot they're just the height of respect for the two of them isn't it yeah. and also the, the obviously the MMA game has changed over the last couple of years people are trying to be a lot smarter yeah and like fighting Jeremy Stevens, you're going to take some damage so that could have put, yeah. him, put off the title fight till next year yeah as well you know what I mean yeah, I'm just looking at this UFC website again, right? What? Why is the Robert Whitaker versus Joao Romero in the background? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, what? What? Who is in charge of UFC social media and th- their website? Like, t- whoever it is, terrible job. They probably don't really concentrate on the website. They probably look more on the Instagram and Twitter. I know, yeah, but like, it's, it's not that hard to have the right, the next fight no. in in the corner. You know what I mean? No. Although on the Twitter, the second. The main event was finished. They changed the, everything about it to you see Boise. Yeah, yeah. So that that's probably like a a time and thing. They probably have that on the timer. Oh, maybe yeah. But um, UC two two six unbelievable event. I think we should just kick it off with uh, Rafael <laughs> Asensio beating Rob Font. Uh, very dominant performance by Asensio. Yeah, very very much so. Um, I, I I sort of we both picked Asensio to win this fight. Yeah. Uh, but I actually thought Rob Font would give him something more trouble than he did once the fight hit the, hit the canvas Asuncao was all over him it was it was almost a bit like RDA versus Neil Magny wasn't it uh, you just you could tell one person was a far higher le- level caliber than the other person was uh, Font couldn't sort of keep the distance at the jab and Asuncao won it, it, it's almost unfortunate he's Brazilian his English isn't the best um, it wasn't terrible though no it wasn't, it wasn't terrible but put it this way like if he was on Ariel Juani's Mixed Martial Arts show and it was all broke down to segments and you're watching show in segments like would you click on the segment you might not you know what I mean so you don't really want to hear from and uh, I think he missed an opportunity uh, Donna Cruz on commentary should have called him out what do you think yeah but th- I think that top five in that division is very like the standard is so high mm. but the funny thing about him is, is that he beat Marlon Marais like two fights ago but I think Marlon Marais has finished his last two opponents, Jimmy Riviera and Aljamain Sterling. And he's probably ahead of him in the pecking order for yeah. a total shot. He was in the crowd as well. Yeah. Although, so, like, uh, Suncio couldn't really call him back out, you know? Yeah, you can't be like, I'll just beat you, let's fight again. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I feel like Dominic Cruz is the only person he can fight in that top five. Well, then, this sort of leads to another question. Did, uh, obviously, Conor McGregor and previously before that, it's been Chael Sonnen, they sort of set the way to call out who you want yeah. and sort of cut the promo there yeah. and then. Asuncio, you can tell he's not really like that. He's almost like mm. RDA. Yeah. I know about Brazilian, but um, do you think he should have like changed his style and just been like, I want the winner you, of TJ Dillashaw and um, Cody Garbrandt? Yeah, I feel like he should have said something. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I was just like, right, there they are. Now they're leaving. Okay. You know what I mean? That's the way it was, isn't it? Yeah. The fights just sort of took place. Like, really, see, you have number three fight number 11. And like, in most other divisions... The number three versus number eleven guy would be on the main card of pay per view, and this was just like thrown on the fight pass show, and like no one went, oh Jesus, I can't believe that's on the fight pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, so Dominic Cruz, that could have been a good call-out. Yeah. But uh, moving into like a great fight. Not not the best fight in the night, but very, very good. Uriah Hall losing to Paolo Costa. These two did not like each other. At all. I'm on the best mates, man. In fairness, Paolo Costa. The nut shot. He's good at it, isn't he? Yeah, what was it? Like three kicks to the groin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, two kicks and a punch. Two kicks and a punch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think Uriah Hall felt the third one because no. like his his nuts were already KO'd by that uh, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was uh in fairness, Uriah Hall was like at his best, like he was throwing all his spin and shit. He didn't look like he was like afraid. The jab, uh, was the jab was jab was on. He's such a good athlete. He's such a good specimen. Uh, I feel like he just needs to maybe hone his grappling skills slightly and add a bit more patience to his game. And I think Uriah Hall could be one of the elite fighters in the division. But Paolo Costa just seems to hit very very hard. Yeah, he's an absolute physical specimen. He's probably the best body at one hundred eighty five pounds. I'd like to see him actually fight Yo Romero next. Yeah, that's yeah. The second you said yeah, that, yeah, I was like, the other best body in the 185 pound division. Why not? Like the battle yeah. of the buds. Yeah, and like Jesus Christ, he's handsome as anything. Yeah, like UFC have to put him in a main event down in Brazil next. Yeah. That's what they have to do. His English wasn't that bad either. No, it wasn't. Uh, and the the eraser. Yeah, he used to call like Boca China, whatever that meant. But uh, now he's called the eraser. He's better off having like an English nickname than some sort of Brazilian one that yeah. no one knows. He's very. First of all, you can tell by him, Paulo Costa, very, very strong. Yeah. Um, he was going to, he was like... Good team as well, because Hall hit him yeah. with some good shots. Roy Hall was landing that yeah. that jab to the face, but he took it, and then... Um, that was, it was such a it was such a good like fight to go into the main mm. card as well. It was just so good, wasn't it? I also, I also think, because we saw him fight in UFC 217, you'll always have that bit more of appreciation for someone you've seen fight yeah. in person. Yeah. Uh, like, and or met. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So you you'd like to see Yoel Romero next? I don't even know if it's Yoel Romero next, but like I, I'd like to see that fight. I, I'd like to, you could even say against uh, Adesanya next, but I'd, I'd like to keep them apart because I'd like to see them both race for like sort of title shot. You could do it. You could do something. You know, you could fight Jack Ray in Brazil, but then again, would he be booed against Jack Ray in Brazil? Oh, like yeah. Jack Ray's like probably a bit of a hero there. Um, I'd almost rather like a stand up fight for Costa. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I can see if I Luke Rockhold as well. Yeah. Although, Luke Rockhold wants to go to uh, 205 next, I think. Yeah. Although that fight against uh, Gustafsson doesn't really seem to be happening. No. But um, we called that as well. We thought Costa was going yeah. to win. So we were two for two from there. Yeah. Uh, then in the main event, Gokan Saki lost to Khalil Roundtree. Well, not the main event. The main card. Oh, sorry. In the main <laughs> card, Gokan Saki lost to Khalil Roundtree. But KO. Yeah. Uh, I was not expecting him to get the better of him on the feet the way he did. Now... Look, the two big guys, yeah. they're both hit hard. Anyone can get knocked out. But Cleo Roundtree like, really backed himself in the stand-up. And that was almost why I was betting against him in this fight because he was so sure of his stand-up game against Go Kansaki that I was like, nah. Yeah, yeah it turned into a kickboxing match, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he just caught Saki. I look at Saki and go, he looks very undersized at a 12 fight. He, he looks like he should be fighting down the middle way. Yeah, he was rocking a bit of a dad ball as well, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I'm like... Could be in a lot better shape, I think. Yeah. Um. Look, clear round tree. He looks hot, doesn't he? He looked good. He looked yeah, good. yeah. Like he, he that was a great finish. That was a great finish. Yeah, that that straight was like right down the pipe, and then like he absolutely buried him. Yeah. yeah like it was class. Yeah, yeah. Very, very impressive. Um. Clear round tree. I'd like to see maybe him come in and fight. I was gonna say like Glover Share, but I feel like that's 
maybe maybe him versus uh, Jimmy Mano because they both sound up. Yeah, true. I would yeah. like to see that. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, what about um, OSP? Maybe. Yeah, I'll be up for that one. Although I feel like OSP Pretty is better on the ground, yeah. so therefore you might be able to take him down on the ground, and because he does those weird submissions on the ground. Yeah. It's good. To, like that's a good win for the light heavyweight division itself. Yeah. Because well, as you know that. That's he's also quite old as well. He's yeah. not he's not young as in he's yeah. a long kickboxing career. But he, he, he had a massive following there as well. A lot mm. of a lot of Turkish fans. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not even joking. If DC sort of steps away from the light heavyweight division, the light heavyweight division becomes a bit sexier again, just because it's like, oh if DC's not there, who's the best? Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like people assume Gustafson, but there's a lot of people fight Gustafson hasn't fought. Like, I don't think Gustafson fought OSP at 205. And, like, I'd be interested in seeing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Gustafson yeah. quality as well. Yeah. But uh, we'll move into the next fight where we were totally, totally wrong. wrong. Uh, Michael Chiesa lost to Anthony Pettis by, what was it? Submission. Submission. Triangle. Um, before the fight, we actually thought that Michael Chiesa would win. Um, Michael Chiesa came in overweight, said this is the last time he's going to fight at 155. But Anthony Pettis... Look like a brand new person. Yeah, it was back to the Wheaties box, Pettis. Um, look, Anthony Pettis, he looked incredible. Good on the feet, caught him with a liver kick, got down to the ground, sunk in the triangle. That's what he said he was going to do. He was, he was going, I'm going to go back to doing my kickboxing and my jiu-jitsu. That's what I'm best at. Instead of the whole time focusing and concentrating on stopping the takedown. And he looks as good as ever has. The return of Showtime. The return of Showtime. And not only that, the submit Michael Chiesa is not that, not that easy to do. No. I know Kevin Lee got him in a uh, rear naked choke, but triangles are like not that common in the UFC these days. Yeah. Um, for Pettis to get that in, very, very slick. Um, What's next? He also got his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt as well, as well there. For, uh, that, for, for, that, that. for that submission. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, Pettis next. He's... Jumping the gun a bit because he said he thinks he's one fight away from getting a title shot. One impressive win. I think that's probably a bit too much too soon. But who would I like to see him fight next? Maybe Aloy Quinta or maybe the winner of James Vick versus Justin Gaethje. I wouldn't mind seeing Gaethje versus Pettis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Gaethje gets anyone's like, <laughs> great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Gaethje, Pettis, I'd be game ball for that. Yeah. Or like... You know what? If he wants to get one more win for a title shot, you could throw him in there. The return of Tony Ferguson versus uh, Andy Pettis. Or even Kevin Lee versus Andy Pettis. They're all like fights that I'm like... Yeah, definitely. After yeah. that performance, yeah. I'm back on the Pettis hype train. Yeah, yeah. I think anytime Anthony Pettis gets in there, I'm like, right, I want to watch that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, okay, so before we go into the next fight, after after them performances and how good the card was going, yeah. like how were you feeling there and then? Like, Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is good. Like, this is like... Just keep me awake. For you know what I mean? Like, you're like, like yeah. it's five o'clock in the morning or well, half four in the morning and I'm sitting there going, right, this is going well. I was like, I'm oh, excited for these. Yeah. It's not every day you get a card this good as well. Like, yeah. Dana White must have been licking his lips. Yeah. I, I'm like, right. Nah. It, it was sort of like each fight happened and the next fight was like better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was and, like, right, perfect. And then speaking of a better fight, Paul Felder losing against Mike Perry. This this obviously went to decision, but yeah. uh, what a fight this was as well. This At was everything. a war. It was yeah. a war. Like the two lads came out like, Moy Perry had a broken nose. Paul Felder had like a massive cut over his eye. Yeah, the welt on uh, yeah. his forehead. Yeah, it was and broke his arm. War. Broke his arm. Yeah. yeah, after the first round, he broke his arm. That was his right arm, and then still went. Paul Felder's an absolute warrior. 
Great, uh, great stand up though. Yeah, oh, fantastic yeah. stand up. Yeah. I thought Felder was like technically better, but like I thought Perry was like that bit grittier. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I as in, like, that. as in, like, it was just. He just wants to fight in the phone booth, Mike Perry, yeah. and he just, like, sling- I'm, I'm surprised it went the distance, to be honest. I'm yeah. surprised someone didn't land something that just, like, that was enough. Yeah. I think if Felder hadn't broken his arm, the fight would have been even better, but he yeah. still put on an amazing performance with a broken arm. I felt, yeah, I felt like the broken arm was probably the difference maker. I felt like Definitely. Felder probably would have got the nod if he didn't have a broken arm, but he had to, like, change it up. Yeah. Uh, but that just shows how good he is. He, yeah. he, he's, like, Muay Thai. Yeah. It, kicks are amazing. You know what I mean? He just works his stand up so well, and then Mike Perry just like loves throwing leather. Yeah, yeah. I was when I was watching it, like when I saw Felder, and then after he's like, my arms like fucked, and yeah. I was like, I was like, how was he like not gonna like? Obviously, he, he wasn't gonna give up, but mm. like I was like sort of like if I was in that position, knowing that you can't really like use your right arm at all mm. to even jab to like yeah. even if you go on the ground, like you're like. Done. It was just like, oh my god. Yeah, and also the fact that you're gonna have to like try and block a kick with yeah, your arm, you know. Yeah. I mean? it's like, just the grit was yeah. so like like Paul Felder came out there, I know with a loss, but like he came out of like a big fan favorite. Yeah. Like his stock rose. Yeah, hundred percent. And he also like took the fight as well. Yeah. yeah like, it wasn't yeah. like he was a Mike Perry can bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me bang, bro. Who <laughs> 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 would you like to see Mike Perry take on next anyway? <laughs> It's he's one of those ones where like it's it's quite strange because like I'll, I'll be honest right Mike Perry I don't think he's actually that good but he's highly highly entertaining yeah so yeah, I want to see him fight someone who's gonna stand there with him yeah. and young twenty six yeah. let me think who would I want to see Mike Perry fight next you think I'd like to see him fight Mickey Gall next why not like yeah, then, right, like yeah. I feel like the two of them are like that's a good namesake fight you know what I mean well yeah I know obviously we're going to go into the next fight which is uh, Sage Norcutt's fight in Boise this week yeah. but Sage against Mike Perry the ultimate good guy against the ultimate bad guy yeah or I could also see the winner of Randy Brown versus Nico Price because they both like to stand up as well and he can fight him. like Randy Brown is the Dana White looking for a fight champion because he fought oh, yeah. Mickey Gall for that title and he beat him because they were both found on Dana White look for a fight right. and then he beat him so he's like the Dana White look for a fight champion and I feel like he'd be a good fight for him and then Nico Price knocked out Alan Joban before so like he'll stand with him you know what I mean I want someone who will stand with Mike Perry is what I want Definitely. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like there's no point Mike Perry's never going to be UFC welterweight champion so he's a very entertaining fighter so let him just keep on fighting people or going to stand in, in the pocket and trade him. Yeah. He's a great character to have as well. Yeah. Uh, Paul Felder. Oh, you know he's incredible. Mike Perry versus Justin Gaethje. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Justin Gaethje versus yeah. anyone, but like... Justin Gaethje versus everyone. <laughs> but uh, Paul Felder, do you think he's going to drop down to lightweight again? He'll go back to, go back to lightweight, I think he will. He looks very, very good at lightweight as well. So he was also not that over uh, undersized against no, Perry. He wasn't. But uh, who would you like to see Felder fight next? He's going to be out for a while, obviously, as well. Felder oh, Felder's one of those people where like if UFC actually did bring that 165 pound weight class he probably would fight there yeah um, Felder I was very impressed by Felder I know he yeah. lost but like that hard maybe he could fight the loser of James Vick Justin Gaethje the loser of James Vick <laughs> yeah. yeah but um, that was an unbelievable fight mm. but an even better fight was Francis Ngannou against Derek Lewis yeah because they threw no punches I can't believe Herb Dean had to step in in the middle of the fight and go, why don't you just fight each other? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, if nobody noticed, I was being sarcastic. This was probably yeah. the worst fight ever, let alone probably the worst, like, let alone the worst fight in the heavyweight division ever. 33 
significant strikes landed in the whole entire fight. Uh, the fans in the crowd, if you didn't see, started like flashing their torches or using lighters to be like, and then they're, they're all shouting, fight, fight, fight. This yeah. was the worst fight ever. It was. And, you see, the thing is, I remember when I was watching this, I was like, before, before I got a bit like nervous and all, I was like, oh my God, someone's going to get knocked out. Like someone's going to yeah. die. And then all of a sudden, like 15 minutes later, I nearly fell asleep. I say so many people watching that, that weren't drinking and were up as late as we were, probably fell asleep from yeah. watching that. The worst fight ever. I don't want to see Nganu go back in there again if he's going to do that again. That was just like not what it paid for. Well, I don't think I don't think you're going to get that so much again with Nganu, but it's just one of those things where the two of them respected the other one's power too much, and therefore they were afraid that if they went for it, they were going to get caught. And that's just the way it happened. I thought, in fairness, I did think Derek Lewis did push the pace a bit more, as in like he did go for more than Nganu did. But yeah, but it was more like. Derek Lewis. Oh, you just couldn't believe that they were getting each other's face, like pushing each other at the weigh-ins and then like need them fought. Oh. You know what I mean? I, I, like, I, I don't really get it. I know. Um, but like neither of them even got rocked. You know what I mean? I know. I know. I don't know why. Nganu was obviously the stronger guy, but it didn't engage at all. And I don't understand why it didn't get to like the last minute of the third round and they were about like, oh fuck, neither of us have won this fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> all it would probably would have taken was a flurry in the last three seconds of fight to do it and someone would have walked out the winner yeah and Ganu's uh, his team were telling him uh, after the second round that he was he was lost the first two rounds you would have thought he'd be like okay yeah and then went for it but like nothing 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 even Joe, nothing. Rogan, Joe Rogan didn't go in and interview either of them after we had nothing to interview them about he's like why didn't you just fight lads yeah it's like <laughs> so how much do you think they got paid for that definitely at least over 100 grand each but Dana White came in and slated Nganu after saying, like, here, look, his ego went through the roof after he started pushing him. And he was like, like in fairness, he was like saying that after the Stipe, or before he fought Stipe for the world title, like, he was going off to France a week before the fight just for the crack. Yeah, We discussed that before saying, yeah. like, why was he doing that? He obviously yeah. believed his own hype. Yeah, he was, I think he just thought he was walking in the octagon and just like punch him in the face. And yeah. They just like dropped like a fly. Yeah, but after like basically murdering uh, over him you, you probably would be that confident as well oh no 100% but it's just one of those things where I'm surprised after Stipe made a show of him that he didn't come out and try and get another massive knockout and put himself yeah. back in the title picture there was the, like, th- this obviously sort of leads into the next fight but we won't uh, like just give me one second obviously Brock Lesnar arrived into the arena for the main event yeah and do you think that maybe Derek Lewis or Francis Ngano either saw or heard that Brock Lesnar was in the building knowing that the winner of their fight would not be fighting for the title next. So maybe they were like, do you know what? These are sort of screwing me over so I'm just not going to engage. Or like, what do you make of that? Do you think that played well, any part? The, the only thing is that Daniel Cormier, I was watching an interview and he said that he was doing a sprint in the back in a warm-up and he actually saw like Brock Lesnar come into the building. So I actually think they were probably already in the octagon before Brock Lesnar actually arrived. Well, oh. I probably didn't see him. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to like figure out why yeah. it was sort of shit fight. Yeah, I'm trying to defend them, but there's not much you can really defend about. I think both of them like more afraid of getting knocked out than not than wanted to knock out the other one. I just can't believe there was no like grappling or I don't know. It was terrible. Yeah. Derek Lewis came out and absolutely slayed his own performance. Who would you like to see? Either Derek Lewis obviously had problems with his back before him, but like Francis and Ganu is. A physical specimen. Who would you like to see Edelman fight next? Right. Or would you like to see them fight next? No, no, no. I don't <clears> want to see them fight. Uh, let's do Derek Lewis versus yeah. Steve Miocic. And we'll do yeah. 
Francis Ngannou versus John the Jones. winner of the UFC Boise uh, main event, Junior Dos Santos or Iganov. Yeah, because Dos Santos will exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, st- like it's very reminiscent of uh, Wonderboy versus Woodley. Remember, yeah. there was just, they were just dancing literally. Mm. But um, moving on to the main event of the evening. If you, if you enjoyed that, make sure to give us a like and a shout out. So, Stipe Miocic took on Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title of the world. The baddest man on the planet. Yeah, Daniel Cormier, light heavyweight champion, stepped up. Interestingly, weighed more than Stipe. What did you make of that? I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I was even more shocked by how high his pants were. They were up like up by his nipples, <laughs> <laughs> over yeah, the belly button. Yeah, but, yeah, but he, was, he was he was hiding the gut, as yeah. in like he was he was hiding the overhang. Yeah, I, I just can't believe like how out of shape DC looks, but in shape he is. Yeah. Do you remember I actually said that to you before? You can be fat but fit. Yeah, even that, at two or five. That, yeah, that's that's Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like it's just one of those things where I'm just looking at him going, but it's one of those things where. His shoulders are very muscular and his arms are quite muscular and like you can see like there's a lot of muscle under that fat. Yeah, short and stout. Yeah. Um, before the fight, obviously Steve Miocic came in the favourite, um, which I think both of us were slightly surprised by based on who Daniel Cormier has faced before. Yeah. Um, who he trains with Cain Velasquez, arguably the greatest heavyweight yeah. ever. And then we both thought Daniel Cormier was gonna win. And yeah. people were actually were They were surprised, yeah. Yeah, they were disagreeing with us, but um what a performance by Daniel Cormier. Yeah, oh my God. See, the thing is with Stipe is, he's always been known to get hit early. He got hit early in the Verdun fight. He got hit early in the um, Overeem fight, fight. Daniel Cormier knew this. And also, Daniel Cormier is the best in the entire UFC at dirty boxing. Yep. That's his thing. He did it against Jones. He did it against Gustin. He grabs the back of your head and he's going to punch you punch in the face. That's what he does. His wrestling game is very good as well. Um, and Daniel Cormier doesn't even have to engage in wrestling. But it, the threat of the takedown is always there. It's always going to make you uh, worry of it. And he throws a lot of volume in his hands as well. He's so fit for yeah. not looking... For being a fat guy. Yeah. yeah. For uh, rocking the, the, the king the of all dad bods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, before the dad bod DC. Yeah. I don't know if we really explained it in the last show. But before we were going into this, I was sort of like, hold on. If Daniel Cormier wins this, he could probably be the greatest ever. But mm. then if you look at Stipe, if Stipe had won that, you could argue he was the greatest ever yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely the best heavyweight of all time. Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, we should probably discuss that, unless you want to say anything more about the fight. Uh, I, I just want to say that it was like incredible power shown by DC and heavyweight because he was actually saying himself in camp, the reason he weighed so heavy is he was going to try and lose a bit more weight, but he was knocking people down and yeah. knocking people out in training. Yeah. And he was like... He was like his coach like you have so much power at this you should like keep the weight yeah. on you and Steve, DC wasn't even known as a knockout artist uh, light heavyweight you know what I mean yeah true and he's going in there he put, a, put hands on Steve, dropped him and he was it was weird because he was so fast but yet also patient with the finish yeah. as in like he didn't throw a million punches but the punches he did throw all landed for such a short amount of time being in the octagon Steve looked like he was in a five round war afterwards yeah. he, his face was smashed yeah, uh, th- this was just uh, such a pr- like such mm. a brilliant fight. Uh, coming off the Ngannou Lewis fight, mm. it was it, it was absolutely perfect. Uh, Stipe's stock like dropped majorly though, didn't it? 
Yeah, but people were saying Stipe is the best heavyweight ever. Yeah, well, he defended the heavyweight belt more times than anyone else ever I has. I know, I know. That, that's what makes this win even better. Because also from, his wins are also quite impressive. Like yeah. for Doom, uh, Overeem, and Ganu. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's not beating bums. You know, Junior Santos. Yeah, I think I think Stipe needed this win to solidify yeah. him the greatest heavyweight ever. Yeah, because now you look back at his wins and you're like Overeem, like brown bread. Yeah, for uh, Doom, brown bread. And Ganu. Nganu not look great. Nganu compared to that last fight, but um, I think I think like Daniel Cormier, like one unbelievable performance. Yeah, definitely, definitely now in the conversation to be the goat. Yeah. Um, before we go into the goat conversation, what a nice guy anyway as well. Yeah, really nice guy, and hasn't had the easiest of life either. No. Nope. Went to go to the Olympics, missed weight. He also had his daughter die in a car crash four as well uh, obviously the two losses to Jones Jones or Jones cheating uh, obviously taking steroids and whatever else uh, missing out on the massive payday UFC 200 like he's had a lot of bad things come from and if you actually think about it a year ago he'd lost John Jones for the second time he had no way back to a light heavyweight title shot and now in the one year from then on he's the champ champ I know it's amazing what a year can do isn't it and also he was the bad guy in the Jones fight yeah, and that was like the ultimate good guy, which is crazy to believe. Yeah, I know. It's it's almost like uh, Biz. It's almost like a bit like when Bisbing won the belt. It was like the old bad guy, and then he wins the belt, and it was like, oh, fair play to Bisbing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I was so like, obviously beforehand we picked Daniel Cormier to win. I think that that's maybe one percent more biased because we met him and he was so nice to us yeah. and stuff. Like, I mean, every time we meet someone, we're more team them than yeah, team, the other team DC. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was brilliant the way like. Like the way he did it for his family, mm. uh, the whole John Jones legacy, how that was sort of tired, that, that would have been like mm. over his head for the rest of his career. This has nothing got to do with John Jones. Yeah. This is a clean win. Uh, the baddest man on the planet. Uh, like he's like 39, pushing 40. Yeah. Like what an unbelievable career. I, I, I'd also say, like, Steve was sort of like winning the fight up until that happened as well. Yeah. So, like, DC, he's like tough as well. Like, he was. Stipe was hitting him with some good shots, but they didn't really affect DC too much. Yeah. So I just want to say, like, DC, what a man. Yeah. And also, in fairness, Stipe Miocic was an absolute gentleman after the fight as well. Said congratulations to Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Uh, like, better took, man. Yeah, took it like a true champion. I mean, these yeah. two, whoever would have won, it would have been well done to either of them. Yeah. And uh, in fairness, the press were trying to give, like, Stipe a lot of built in excuse, being like, oh, your wife's heavily pregnant. Like, was that way? And he was like, here, look, got into the octagon, I fought Daniel Cormier. He won. He was the better man. That was it. Yeah, perfectly said. So, great, both great ambassadors for the UFC. Yeah. Well. Dana White should be very, very happy to have both these lads part of the UFC family. But, um, so do you want to talk about the GO conversation or the Brock Lesnar conversation? Um, good question. I suppose we'll do Lesnar first. Yeah, just we'll do Lesnar first. Just because that's what immediately happened afterwards. Yeah. So um, You explain to whoever missed out. So... There was, in fairness, there was rumours going around that DC was going to fight Brock Lesnar next. But no one was aware that Brock Lesnar was going to show up at the fight. So, come the main event, Brock Lesnar enters the building. Uh, yeah. Camera cuts to him. You see Brock Lesnar in the crowd. He looks ginormous. It's huge. Yeah, he I, looks I, actually, huge. I actually think that was the biggest I've ever seen Brock Lesnar. I was like, Yo, what? Yeah, I was like, how is he so much bigger again? Must have been the cowboy boots he was wearing. Yeah, those the terrible cow- cowboy boots with the trousers, <laughs> with the suit tucked into them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the sloppy. <laughs> look, 
DC gets on the mic, does his interview with Joe Rogan. Then Joe Rogan lets DC have the mic. Now, Joe Rogan would not let anyone else have the mic in the entire octagon, bar DC. He let DC have, have the mic. Especially being the champ champ. Yeah. Well, in fairness, he's also a commentator himself. Yeah, so DC yeah. comes in and does it himself. So. Yeah, they're friends. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, I never thought I was going to get to fight this guy, but Brock Lesnar, get your ass in here. Brock Lesnar comes in. They square up. And I, geez, Brock Lesnar like, ran in. He was like pumped. He was ready to go. Yeah, I, was, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I wasn't expecting to be... I thought it was going to be a bit more cordial. Yeah. I don't know why, but I thought it was. Brock Lesnar comes in and he pushes him and DC goes flying. Yeah. I, was like, I, was like, I was like, geez. And then I was like, the size difference between them was massive. Yeah, it was uh, and then DC, he was actually brilliant because he was like, push me now because you're going to sleep next time we see it. And I was like, oh jeez. I was like, I'm, I'm actually excited for this. And then Brock Lesnar was like, the whole heavyweight decision is dog shit. Yeah. Ganu, dog shit. Stipe, dog shit. It was like, DC you're getting it and yeah. I was like punching the camera yeah punches the camera I was like I, I, I actually made me realise something that like unless you can break a million on the paper once you can break a million boys on paper for you you're allowed to do what you want yeah, Conor yeah. McGregor Ronda Brock Lesnar Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey no one else CM Punk a uh, punky is yeah. it <laughs> yeah so uh, Brock Lesnar came in and like if it was just announced without Brock Lesnar there that they were going to fight I'd be like oh whatever but because Brock Lesnar came in pushed him whatever and people are like oh WWE theatrics like no one issue and I was like I'm entertained by it you know what I mean like as long as I'm entertained I'm going to watch okay I'll agree I'll agree with that but I do, it was very very WWE but the thing is the, Brock Lesnar knew to go in there and sell a promo to make more money yeah but like that's it I'm okay with a little bit of WWE in it you know what I mean like as long as it's entertaining as long as it's like done well I'm fine with it because like it's like WWE to an extent, as in like, that's what you do in WWE, like the person comes in and you face off in the ring or whatever, right? But like, the whole, it's not scripted what they're going to say to each other, no. you know what I mean? So therefore it's fine. Like, like I don't even care if Daniel Cormier shows up on WWE Raw and like, you know, confronts <clears throat> uh, Brock Lesnar there. I'm just like, whatever it takes, I'm just like, the bigger the UFC gets, if like, Brock, Daniel Cormier goes over to WWE and robs a few WWE fans I'm okay with that as well. You know what I mean? It's fine. Yeah. It, no, it was brilliant for the UFC. Brock Lesnar, like, because obviously Conor McGregor isn't around at the moment, that's after helping raise the bar. Yeah, but why didn't Brock Lesnar bring his WWE belt with him? Oh, yeah. Because people are sort of like, oh, that's not real. I know, yeah, but it would just be funnier. It would have been <laughs> funny. It would have been funny, yeah. But um, I'm actually so happy that Brock Lesnar is potentially going to fight DC rather than Miocic because I think Miocic would have beaten Brock Lesnar. Yeah. But, um... Supposedly Brock Lesnar now is a week into the USADA testing pool and he has to be in it for six months. So supposedly he might be able to fight DC until, until January. January. And DC said that he would want to fight in September and have his last fight in March. So do you think this fight is actually going to go down in and wait in, until January? Or do you think DC is going to fight in September? Or what, like, what, what are we expecting here as an MMA fan? That's what I want to see. DC, I want to see DC fight sooner uh, than January. Uh, I don't know whether they can do something to speed up the Brock Lesnar. Because in fairness, they seem to just throw him in for UFC two hundred last time. You know, I mean, whatever the test pill is, I feel like there's like a way in around. It. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, I, I agree. There probably is. If there's, if it makes money, it, it can happen. But uh, well, originally happened. Remember George St Pierre and Bisping were meant to yeah. fight, and then that was put off on the for ages. It's mm. because GSP had to be in the pool for six months. Yeah. Now the options are obviously. I don't know what the story is with John Jones, and I don't know if he's going to be back on time because Daniel Cormier wants to retire before he's forty yeah. in March. So, say if 
say if, if he fought John Jones in between Brock Lesnar and then lost to John Jones, John Jones would then get that fight against Brock Lesnar. So realistically, Daniel Cormier is probably just better off chilling out and taking the fight in January, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think For, so. But like, really, see, I don't want to see him fight him and then lose, and the Brock Lesnar fight loses his rope. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not that I think Daniel Cormier is going to lose to anyone on the roster, but Not like, either, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, you never know. Like, in fairness, if he fights a heavyweight again, you could easily just end up getting punched, knocked out. That's the way it is. And then, like, because he's actually so heavy right now, I feel like going back down to light heavyweight is like, not a very good option. I oh, know, yeah. You see, the thing is, he was so dominant and good, I'd like to see him fight again. But the thing is, the smarter thing, I think you just wait until January. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, but that's a long time. Yeah, but he was so, like, unscathed at, at, at that fight. I'm almost like... He'd just fight again, couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but like, who's meant to fight? You know I, mean? I, I don't really know. Like, you know what I mean? In fairness, you could easily fight like a Junior Santos and just like have his way with him or something. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I'm almost like, I just want to see him fight for the sake of fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, like, I want his next fight to be against Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah. that's what I want to see. In fairness, in between them, that fight, he's going to be training with Cain Velasquez again, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> Did you see all the memes after Brock Lesnar realising that Daniel Cormier's training partners with Cain Velasquez. No, but they're funny. Yeah, yeah. Who previously beaten Brock Lesnar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For people that smashed him as hell. I know, I know. I knew you knew that, but just for people who didn't. Yeah, because a lot of people would never. Some people might not even know Cain Velasquez. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Cain Velasquez is like one of the best UFC heavyweights of all time. Yeah, all time. Uh, speaking of all time, I yeah. So we we're both agreeing with Daniel Cormier should wait until January and fight Brock Lesnar. Yeah. But then what happens if Brock Lesnar misses weight and all this stuff? I'm sure someone will jump that in. We won't worry about that, yeah. Mark Hunt will probably jump in, wasn't yeah. he? But, um, uh, Hunt, yeah. Well, uh, also, I just want to say congratulations to Stipe for the run he had, and also he's having a, he, put, he has his first kid on the way. Kid on the way, and he did great for Cleveland. And unfortunately for Cleveland, in the space of a week, they lost the heavyweight champion in the world and the greatest basketballer in the world as well. It's supposed to be from Cleveland right now. Very true. Very so, not Cleveland. So I think we should move into. The, the goat, goat conversation. Talk. The goat conversation. I feel like that could be a segment every week. The Billy Goat. The Goat. Um, obviously, Daniel Cormier is up there. Uh, who are the nominations? Daniel Cormier. George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre. Conor McGregor. Demetrius Moimius Johnson. And John Jones. Yeah. But I almost feel like John Jones, until he comes back and fights clean, he can't be in the conversation. That's my personal opinion. I'm just like, until he comes back, proves how good he is again, not on drugs. Not on drugs. But then I'm like, he can be the GOAT again. You know what I mean? But until he comes back, I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I feel like he, he's not allowed. You know what I mean? I suppose you can throw Anderson Silva in there. Like, if, if you take Anderson Silva before he actually lost to Wyburn, he was incredible. You know what I mean? Is Anderson Silva ever going to fight again? I don't know. I feel like he, he failed another drug test there a while ago. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I, have no, I haven't heard from Anderson Silva in a very long time. So, for me, it's probably DC... George St. Pierre, Demetrius Johnson. I think they're probably the three best. I know Conor McGregor won two belts and two weight classes, but I feel like he needs a few more names on his resume to actually get up there. And a title defence. Yeah, a title defence. Yeah. So for me... And he's, go, and he's a lot more of his career to go. Yeah. He's 10 years younger than Daniel Cormier. For me, I'd go number one, GSP. Yeah. Number two, Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Number three, uh, Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, I kind of argue that. Um... Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where Dan, Daniel Cormier goes on the pound for pound list in the UFC rankings then. Yeah. You go into number one. I, very much so. I so. I t- I, like, okay, number one, GSP, like, I don't know, just when he came back there and we saw him in New York, the way he became quote-unquote champ-champ as well, technically, because mm. yeah. he never lost the welterweight belt. Daniel Cormier, 
yes, that John John stuff, but like John John's testing positive and stuff, it's really it's made it and becoming a heavyweight champion in the world, the baddest man on the planet, he has to be up there. But the thing is about Muddy Mouse Johnson, I, I know he's in the smallest division, but he's like he needs to if he wants to become the goat. Yeah, himself, he needs to go up and fight Dillashaw. Yeah, he needs to fight Dillashaw or Garbrandt, the winner yeah. of that. So he, he needs to add another belt and another weight class to yeah. his moniker. Yeah, that's the thing. The other guys are champ chaps. Mm. But uh, let us know actually who you think the goat is, especially on our latest yeah, post. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, that sort of wraps up International Fight Week. So, George St. Pierre is still the goat. But don't rule out DC finishing his career as the goat. Yeah, I, I'd love, right? This is what I'd love. Cormier to beat Brock Lesnar. And then to beat John Jones. And then to beat John Jones and close that book. And then yeah. he will be the GOAT. That's what he needs to do yeah. to be the GOAT, doesn't it? I think a heavyweight, Daniel Cormier, has a much better chance of beating John Jones than he does a light heavyweight. Yeah. I'd love that, man. Yeah. I'd absolutely love that. But, Because uh, I think a heavyweight DC would be able to put his size on John Jones. As in, like, he'd be able to, like, lead on him, put a bit of weight on him. I know. I'd, and he's not depleted then. It'd probably be the biggest fight ever, wouldn't it? Yeah. Not pay-per-view-wise, but... But, like, yeah, it'd be... The battle, of, battle of the goats. Battle of the goats, and he's such a great ambassador for the yeah. sport as well. You know what I mean? Oh, fair play, Daniel Cormier. We were absolutely chuffed for you. Mm. But um, international fight week. What you make of it overall? Had star-studded names everywhere. People seem to love it. Load of people started following us on Instagram as well. Yeah, um, absolutely brilliant card. Uh, fair play. UFC for surviving fight week because I feel like there's a disaster every fight week like last year it was UFC 200 and this year it was UFC 226 and the fight weeks are just like constantly getting ruined but then save what would you give it? I'll go 9 I'll say 8.5 just because the Nganu Lewis fight was like terrible and they lost Holloway or Ortega the standard of those fights were brilliant as well I absolutely loved it but if you enjoyed UFC 226 and International Fight Week, make sure to give us a like, make sure to give us a shout out on Instagram or on Tinder. But uh, this week, there's three MMA events. There's two Bellator ones, one's on Friday, one's on Saturday, and one UFC event on Saturday. So we're just going to move into UFC Fight Night in Idaho, Boise. So there's... Did you know that Idaho is renowned for potatoes? No, I thought that was Ireland. Well, so was Idaho. Is it? Yeah. So we expect all those potato pickers over in Idaho to be cheering for, for cheering for the lads. To peel a few spuds. Uh, to be honest, there's no real amazing matchups here. But, um, Ross, is there, who should we look out for, really? Well, our mate uh, Darren Elkins, the damage, is fighting uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. He was an Australian fighter who's very, very good. But Darren Elkins is on a hot streak at the moment. So I'm looking to see can the damage continue that win streak. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, Moyes Jury fighting Chad Mendes. That's going to be a really, really good fight as well. Chad Mendes making his res- uh, return after being banned from USADA. Uh, Dennis Bermudez fighting Rick Glenn. That should be another barn burner. Uh, Moy May, Sage Norcote, undefeated ever since he's given me his glove. Yeah. Is fighting Zach Holloway <laughs> in the co made event. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Super Sage. And then we have a really interesting one in the heavyweight division. Junior DeSantos, he's probably my favourite heavyweight fighter of all time. Uh, I think he's past it now, but he, yeah. he's, he, he was just brilliant back in the day. Although you never know if you look at Arlovsky. Yeah, that is that is very, very much true. Uh, his boxing is just phenomenal, Junior DeSantos. I, think, I still think he's actually the best boxer in the heavyweight division. 
He's fighting against uh, Ivanov, who was the World Series of Fighting Heavyweight Champion. Uh, I remember seeing Ivanov knock out Sean Jordan, who used to fight in the UFC, and I always thought Sean Jordan was quite underrated. So he looks very, very dangerous as well. Um, equally good at knocking people out as submitting them. So I think this one's going to have a bit of a stand-up war to it. But I'm going to go for Ginger Santos. Um, it's more sort of the poison you know than the poison you don't. Yeah. Well, hopefully, like hopefully he wins anyway. Just name mm. name wise, no. And then Katzengano's fighting on that card as well. Um, against Mariam Renault. Katzengano, she's lost her last three, but her last win was against Amanda Nunes. So we're looking out for Katzengano as well. Yeah. So that's she's also with Joe Rogan alumni as well. True. Yeah. Uh, that's on Saturday night. Uh, on Friday, Bellator is on Bellator two o two in Oklahoma. Um. Uh, the card is obviously not that stacked but there is a title on the line Julia Budd is taking on Tat- Talita Noguera yeah I'm going to go for Noguera she's undefeated as well so I think it's a just going to pick her and then the co-main event is Eduardo Dantes former Bellator bantamweight champion fighting Michael McDonald who is former UFC bantamweight title challenger um, I'm going to go for Michael McDonald, I think he looks good since moving to Bellator. And I just think it'd be nice to see some fresh blood to get a title shot against Darian Caldwell next. You're going McDonald, yeah? Yeah. Former, he was in the UFC as well, wasn't he? Yeah, McDonald. He fought him uh over in London for the UFC Bantamweight title and lost. Yeah, so that's on Friday night yeah. in Oklahoma. And then on Saturday night as well, uh, Bellator 203 is on in Rome in Italy. Uh, Patricio Pippel, the featherweight champion, is taking on Daniel Weichel. 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 Yeah, he's German. Uh, look, I'm going to go for the Pippel brothers. They look dangerous. And they're calling out all the SPG lads as well. They yeah. want to do a Team Pippel versus the SPG Bellator card. That would be cool. Love that. Is there anyone else in the card? Um, unless there's a car fighting in, in his hometown in Italy, so like, he'd be worth looking out for. Uh, Andre Kreshkov's fighting. Uh, Russian welterweight fighter. Uh, he's probably going to end up in the Bellator welterweight tournament, so he'd love for him to win. And then Will Flurry out of SPG. Our mate. List, our mate listens to the Energizer podcast. Top, top notch bloke. He's going to be fighting in the middleweight division. He's undefeated as an amateur and as a pro, so we'll be rooting for Will Flurry. Yeah, that's it's another action packed MMA weekend. Yeah. Uh, also, a huge announcement from Bama. They've announced that they are going to be having four more shows in Dublin's Tree Arena in 2019 which is brilliant yeah can't wait because Bama always look after us and we love going to the yeah. events there yeah also they're logged in to be returning to Dublin on the 9th of December in 2018 so that's that's deadly for us isn't it more yeah. action coming to Dublin hopefully we, hope, yeah, hopefully we get another Bellator coming as well. hopefully one of them is a Bellator Bama tour sort of thing yeah and then hopefully a UC comes to Dublin again next year oh yeah actually uh, I forgot to say a UC Boise Khabib's cousin or brother there's a Nurmagomedov Madoff fighting as well so look out for him yeah but um, is there anything else to say about the MMA show no I think that sort of sums it all yeah. up uh, I'm sure I'm sure we have a few new new people listening to the show checking us out yeah but so welcome to the show anyway welcome to the show give us a shout out we'll shout you back out let us know what you think of the show drop us a DM leave us a comment on the page whatever you want to do whatever floats your boat yeah. and as always Stay energized. Stay energized.